it a dream I found myself flirting with the verge of obscene To the unknown, I will be pulled I'm going to places I can be out of Touch of My Hand by Britney Spears from her fourth studio album, In the Zone, and it was written by today's guest, Shepard Solomon. Hi, my name is James Rodriguez Horton, the host of The Original Doll. On The Original Doll, I package music with the people who created it, and at the same time, we help out charity. So for every question a guest answers, we get items donated to those in need, including women in domestic abuse shelters, homeless LGBT plus teens, and more. For more information, find me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And I want to give a big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for all the support you've given me. I appreciate it. We're able to keep this, the original doll, open and free for all. For those who want to join, find me at www.theoriginaldoll.com. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording, ripping, leaking, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you do, in fact, see any of these audio snippets online, please report it to the webmaster. Thank you so much. And what's something great about Touch of My Hand is... We could tell that it was a Britney Spears favorite considering she's performed it uh, numerous times, even more than one of her number one hits, Hold It Against Me. Now, with Touch of My Hand, Billboard Magazine, Billboard.com, listed Touch of My Hand as the number two best song on the album. What was number one? Breathe On Me, which happened to have been created by our previous guest, Steve Anderson. And we have an upcoming episode talking about his song, Grow, with Britney Spears. More information, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We're going to get right to this. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the original Dodge. And now I want to get to uh, the song. And this is one of the, the funniest things because uh-huh. the song that you, you know, worked on for Britney Spears, Touch of My Hand, uh-huh. it clearly is one of her favorites because she has performed that song more live than some of her number one songs. You know, yeah. this, and so I want to hop into this because on the original okay. doll, so many of the listeners love this song and they love that it's kind of um this deep Actually, cut that is a well-known song i have an interesting story connected to that song too so i could tell you that yeah. perfect all right so let's let's get started on that so how did you get involved in the touch of my hand in the zone project okay so basically and this is connected to somebody else basically um, I knew a guy named Marvin House, right, who managed Steve, um, 
Steve Morales, right? And Steve Morales produced the Enrique record. He actually produced a song that we had on Celine Dion together, a song for Celine Dion. And we became friendly, you know? And basically, um, uh, me and Jimmy Harry had written a song together called Strip. It was called Strip. And I think that Jimmy Harry also knew Marvin and he played strip for, for Marvin. And Marvin knew a guy named Larry Rudolph who managed, as you know, Britney Spears, you know? And Larry Rudolph flipped out over the song and, says, and said, I want Britney to cut this, but I also want you to go into the studio and basically write with Britney for a week, you know? Um, and let's see what you guys can come up with. So, you know, I was very much like, you know, I mean, I was very, and, and you know, excited by it, you know, obviously I was excited by it. And so we had booked a, a week at Westlake, Westlake Studios in LA, you know, and so we get to the studio, there's like candles everywhere, food, you know, it was like, it was, it was like you're on a movie set, you know, <laughs> you know it was just like a whole other world, you know, and like, she comes up with like these two big bodyguards, these big guys who are like muscle, you know, and mm -hmm. they, they drive up in a black Hummer. You know, it's like a movie, you know, like you're in a Hollywood film, basically, you know. <laughs> but actually, believe she was a very, really fun person and cool, you know. And she was from, she was like a Southern girl, Southern Belle kind of person, but very, very disciplined and very talented, you know, very talented, you know. Um, so... How that started was, I think Jimmy had this track, you know, to, yes, Jimmy had a track and we were listening to some of his tracks that he had done and we picked that track. And that day, uh, there was another writer in the studio with me named Balewa Mohammed. Have you ever heard of that name? Yep, he's part of the clutch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he wrote Dirty for Christina Aguilera and many other hit songs, you know. And so we just wrote that song. Well, we were kind of writing that song. And to be honest with you, Larry Rudolph was in the room at that time listening to the beginning of it. And he's kind of like a kinky kind of guy, you know, and he kept on thinking, kept on saying, make it about masturbation. Okay, make it sexy. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> you know? and, and basically, we did that. And, you know, the rest is, and we, we produced the um, vocal. And, you know, it's interesting, like, working with her, that's the thing be, between, like, normal, boring singers and singers that have a definable tone. You know, the minute she gets on the mic, you know what you're dealing with. You know, I mean, she just has this tone that just cuts you, you know? It's like, 
it's that superstar tone, you know, whatever that is, you know, and she knows about harmonies and producing vocals and the whole thing. I mean, she really is, she's an absolute pro, you know, for sure. And that was one of those things that during this time, because I had interviewed Joshua Schwartz who did like Brave New Girl and worked on her Christmas song and some songs from the third album. And he said, you know, he's like, she knows music. She knows what she likes, she knows what she hears. Uh, and, and it kind of goes into this whole philosophy behind this, where oftentimes women in the entertainment industry don't get as much credit as if they were men. For sure. And for sure. What was interesting is this album was a game changer. So we actually had. And actually, sorry, sorry. I was going to tell you one thing, another story that's very, and just really quick is that during that week, we had written like four songs. Like one song was like in a massive attacky. Like she loved massive attack at that time. Love that. So we were like trying to do like these big string kind of kind of like hip hop British kind of things. And we tried a- another song called Stay, Touching My Hand. And one day she was in the studio, just she was getting bored and she went into the main room and started writing this ballad. Right. And the ballad that she was writing was a, that 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 song every time that became a hit. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens her background dancer was there, too. And they wrote the song together um, there in the room. And the and the funny story is, is. I had a manager at that time named named Adrian Adams, you know, and. Adrian Adams was like a very, he was an opportunist kind of character, you know, that whenever he saw the right opportunity, he would jump in and seize it, you know? He wound up signing her publishing for her half of the hit song, you know, every time. And he wound up selling it on eBay. It was the first time anybody has sold publishing on eBay, you know? And some fan from Dubai, I think, paid like a million dollars, like a crazy amount of money for it, you know, like, you know, for for his percentage of every time, basically, you know. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that. That's insane. Um, So we have Aiden from Toronto asked for Touch of My Hand. How cool is it to know you create a song that Britney Spears still performs to this day, even in her most recent performances? I'm, I would have to say, I mean, I don't think about it that much, to be honest, but I think it is cool. I mean, I think, you know, the bottom line is that she's been able to, t- to touch a lot of people and she has that iconic thing, you know, that is just rare, you know, is rare. And I guess it, it, it was very cool for me to write for a pop star like that, you know? Because be, to be honest with you, before all this songwriting thing, I was more, my heroes were like Elton John, you know, Sting, you know, these kind of people, you know? And, but as pop music progressed and da da da, da you know, and I got into the, the mainstream pop world, I really think that she's, well, obviously is one of the most, you know, one of the best ones out there, you know? I mean, it's so hard to replicate that, you know? So yes, I am proud of that, you know? Awesome. All right, next question we have. Tommy from New York. 
Was there any apprehension from the label side because it was such a turn? Was there any pushback you received? No. Uh, in- no. 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 I think uh, they wanted it to be hard. They listen, as we all know, there was a guy named Steve Vincent, I think was her AR person or something, and he wanted it to be more risque. She wanted it to be more risque, you know? They didn't want to go be c- cookie cutter, you know? Mm-hmm. Steve Lunt, is it? Yes. What was his name again? Steve Lunt. Steve yeah, yeah. Lunt, yeah. Yes, um, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And the next question we have uh, from London, Jane wanted to know, uh, Mr. Solomon, did you hear any other songs that were being made for In The Zone? What did you think about them? Like at the time, well, I'm assuming. Well, yes, I did actually. I heard the demo for Toxic because I also knew Bloodshy and I had worked with Bloodshy and he played me that song, you know, Toxic, you know. And mm-hmm. first of all, I mean, Bloodshy, you know, as we all know is, because during my time in England, I was going to Sweden a lot to write with, they used to have these productions, well, like, you know, Sharon, Merlin, and Bloodshot was a part of Merlin, you know? And um, I, I think I heard Toxic through him or maybe somebody else, I'm not sure, but I heard the demo, you know? And I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, it sounded just like a, an amazing pop song, you know? And Kathy Dennis is a great songwriter. You know, oh, amazing. And I, I go back and the to Kathy Dennis, the artist lover. What? I said, I go back to Kathy Dennis, the artist back in like the 90s. Yeah. I love her with D-Mob D-Mob. and everything. Uh, D-Mob, D-Mob. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, she, I've known Kathy for a long time and she was kind of like competitive with me a lot because she was writing the S Club singles and I was. And, she, you know, it was like a funny, but I always told her like, come on. I mean, she's just... A fantastic songwriter, you know, one of the best, I think. You know, for that I, kind of world. Yeah. yeah. And what's been what's been interesting is like the the demos I've heard of Kathy Dennis for so many uh, female artists, whether it was Kylie, Britney, so on and so forth. Like you can hear Kathy's influence in tone on Absolutely. so many of these these artists. Absolutely. Now, we have another question from Ismael in Mexico. Uh, You mentioned before that you worked on a few different songs with Britney, as now we know you said it was about four different songs during Uh that week. What was that style were you going for? And when you work in such a short amount of time with an artist, do you try to make all four distinctly different? I mean, I don't think we were thinking that way. I think, I mean, she kept on going on about strings and cinematic and uh, Jimmy Harry was very good at this kind of like, beatboxing, Massive Attacking. Do you know Massive Attacks? You know what I'm Love talking? Massive uh, Attack. Yeah, so kind of like this emotional Massive attacky kind of pull at the heartstrings, more darker kind of stuff, you know? But actually, Strip was not like that. And it's funny, there's another story about the first song, Strip, which I'll tell you. Um, basically, um, but let me finish this side of it. Uh, basically, yeah, I don't think we had anything exactly in mind. We were just trying to find the best stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. just trying to re- find something that really turned her on, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think she was looking for breaking out and becoming ha- more different, tougher, you know, just something. She was looking for something, you know? I love that. And it's, it's so interesting that you mentioned, like, I mean, cause touch of my hand, I always think of like those violins, those strings sort of thing. And then when you said massive attack, I was like, Oh my goodness, just in general, I was like massive attack had. So the influence is 
many people might not know who Massive Attack is, but they'll yeah. know artists that were influenced. Like uh, Steve Anderson talked about, you know, Impossible Princess, the Kylie Minogue album. That yeah. that the song that he did with her, like Too Far, like that you can hear that Massive Attack. I don't want to say yeah. attackiness, but Massive Attackness uh, that's yeah. in there. Okay, so now let's let's talk about the stripped story. Okay. So so but okay. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so stripped was the first kind of song that was the gateway into getting that those session or that week with Brit. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. She actually didn't wind up cutting it. Hopping out for a quick second to remind you to purchase Shepard Solomon's book. It's all in the speakers. My journey through the crazy world of the pop music business. It is eye-opening. Uh, you learn so much about the highs, the super highs, and the super lows. And it's Shepard Solomon's story of how he was able to navigate that. And so you'll learn stories and you'll hear stories about uh, Britney Spears, Kelly Clarkson, uh, S Club 7, and some previous guests that we've had on. So take a take a listen to it. The audiobook comes out in a week or two, but you can go through Amazon. And please make sure you do not screenshot any of the pages. You might think it's promoting the book, but it's actually not. Um, so just be respectful of Shepard and co-writer Pete McGrain. But you'll be able to find it on Kindle and paperback. And if you're a music fan as much as I am, you'll get a lot out of this because you'll hear these stories about what, what it was like working in the 90s, the 2000s recently and how music has changed. And it's it's raw. That's what I'll say. It is raw. So Shepard's recollection of all of these events is put into this book. So I definitely think if you're a fan of his music, his writing, his hits and everything, purchase it. It's on Kindle. I think it's for like $4.99 on Kindle. It's well worth it. So we're going to hop back into this, but don't forget it's Shepard Solomon and Pete McGrain's. It's all in the speakers. My journey through the crazy world of the pop music business. Now back to the show. Touch my hand has just been so, it's been so well received that I think that yeah, it was so different sounding that it still works yeah. today and doesn't sound dated, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it was very different for her. And I think that's why the manager, I mean, I have to say, and dealing with her manager too, it was so like, you know, it's just nice dealing with someone who just makes a decision and sticks to that decision, you know, because there's so many like people questioning everything and things not coming out. You know, it, it's the music business. It's crazy. You know, he's very like a guy. There are a couple of people in the business I've dealt with like that. Simon Fuller, Simon Cow, and Larry, you know, and he's able to listen to something and go, love it. It's going on the record, period, you know, and that's it. It wound up on the record and then. You know, it was very, it was a very simple process, you know? Oh, I love that. Now we have- A very or- organic process, you know? Yeah, I, I was I was trying to figure out what word you were saying, or I was like, okay, organic. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> touching my hand. All right, yeah, yeah. now we have Gladys from Bulgaria. She said, after In The Zone, did you work with Britney and make any, or make any other uh, demos for her next album? I would have loved to have seen more with you and Britney. No, I didn't. I didn't. That was kind of it, you know, because I think she went through a crazy time. And when you're dealing with artists like that, it becomes like a maze, you know, how to make things happen from that point. You know, I think Larry Rudolph was getting out of the picture. You know, it wasn't 
I think during in the zone, it was like more of a well-oiled machine, you know, and they were very focused and da da da. And then it became like the circus, you know. So now looking back on your experience of touch of my hand, so many people want to know. What do you think about Touch of My Hand? Is there anything you as a songwriter would change now almost 20 years later? God, has it been 20 years? Jesus Christ. Uh, um, yeah, because it was November of 2003. So next year will be 20 years. No, no, I don't think so. I don't really look at it like that. It's a timepiece, you know? We did it and that's it, you know? Big shout out to Shepard. Thank you so much. And don't forget, follow me on Patreon, www.theoriginaldoll.com. And many people have been messaging me about the episodes with George Michael and Gabrielle and things like that. And I think it's important. What's been great is many of you said, oh, I didn't realize this person worked with that person. Since the beginning of The Original Doll, it was so much fun to learn, oh, this artist that worked on this song with Britney Spears also worked on this song with this other artist. These are things that have been great and I've enjoyed them thoroughly because I think we understand more of what Britney Spears was coming into as a pop star, as an artist, and what she was dealing with as other songs on the radio, other music videos out there, other tours out there. And I think that's where we could even appreciate more of what Britney Spears did, where she it was one person on stage doing her thing. She didn't have four people. She didn't have four other men. She didn't have, you know, seven people on stage. She didn't have all these other people with her. It was on her. And I think it's important to hear in these episodes about all of the other collectives, the creatives that worked with so many people and how things happened and how things were going on in the recording industry before Britney Spears was a recording artist. So be sure to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll, on Twitter at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-A-G-U-E-Z, and on TikTok, the James Rodriguez. Once again, my name is James Rodriguez Horton. See you on the flip side. The original doll.